The following podcast is part of the Club Kayfabe Creative Community. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch at CKCC Online for more great content just like this. Welcome to episode 38 of the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J Bunny. For this episode, I have another person on the show that I have had on my on my list of people I wanted to get ever since I first came up with the idea of this show. This episode, we have Jose Urquiza from the, the singer from the band Three Years Hollow. I uh, really enjoyed this interview. We didn't talk as much about about the band as much as we did his other projects, but it's still uh, I still think it was a really great interview. Had a great time. The concert was great. Uh, although obviously the concert won't be on here, but the interview <laughs> the interview was great and I really hope you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, here's Jose. Alright, what's up everybody? It is Jay Bunny. I'm sitting in a vehicle outside Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey once again. Today I'm with Jose Urquiza from the band Three Years Hollow. How's it going, man? Awesome, man. I just uh just woke up from a little nap, but I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Uh, it's been a few years since we've been here in uh, in this area, so it's really cool to be back. Yeah, yeah man, it's it's good to see you guys. Um, I actually, you know, first became aware of you guys at a show. You guys played in 2013, opening for I Empire at Architect Music up in Butler, New Jersey, which I, I used to live there back when I was a kid fun little fact but according to your facebook page you guys formed in 2006 so can you tell me about how the band came together and like the the sort of the years of the band before i became aware of you yeah so um theoretically what really started off this band was um back in 2003 i met uh the original guitar player um and we started writing music together um, and we were just hollow at the time, you know. So it was a completely different band, completely different music, but that was really the the roots of everything that became Three Years Hollow. So we started getting some attention. 2003, 2004, so I'm like 19, year, 20 years old. Uh, can't even legally drink yet. But uh, hollow was already taken, so we had been hollow for three years, and we wanted to keep the story going, so we became Three Years Hollow. So this was... 2006 and that was when we recorded uh, Ascension which was our uh, first like full-length album that we self-produced and self-released so that's kind of where the band started okay and that explains where the because I was wondering what the the three years meant yeah that's (laughs) I mean as that's as simple as it is it was just part of our story okay so I saw you guys at that show and then I saw you guys a couple other times within like a year after that you guys played with Nonpoint and Gemini Syndrome, and then you were on the Uproar Festival, both in 2014. And things were seemed relatively quiet since then. I know that you had had some health issues within the last couple of years, 2017, 2018, that caused you to take some time off. But was the band always planning on taking like such a long break from like touring and all that? I gotta, I gotta pause for, to, to figure out how I answer this question, because I don't want to put place, you know, blame on any one thing or or say this is the reason why in in reality it was everybody at the time needed to kind of reevaluate what we were doing we we got to go on the road we got to play all these really cool shows we were doing everything that we wanted but our our lives at home were falling apart you know Mm -hmm. so we came back after that you know touring time and we basically just needed to take a break the goal was to go back and immediately record a record but some you know 
unnamed fundamental uh, members of the band basically just had a little bit harder time than others. Uh, so we, you know, we wrote for a while trying to get things going, and then eventually we're like, you know, it, it's time to do this. You know, right, so right. we're gonna do it, and uh, here we are. Yeah, do you know on that last run, you guys, re, uh, you know, and since you're being vague, I will also be vague. You did use a <laughs> fill-in member on that that uh, yeah yeah that on point tour. We did, yeah. I mean, at one point in time, we had. Um, Ryan Bennett, who's yes. now playing in uh, Tremonti, um, and looks like he's going to be playing with uh, Clint Lowry on his solo stuff next year, which is awesome. And so he was filling in at the time after we lost our original drummer. So yeah, I mean, we've definitely had to go through some things, and um, there will be times, you know, I think where, where some where a member just can't do something. I know you see it all the time with major touring yeah. bands, and now it's just kind of a thing. If somebody needs to fill in, they fill in, but we do what we can to make it keep going and yeah, keep yeah. working now uh, as far as your the, the health issues you had if you don't mind me asking what what wound up being wrong and how are you doing yeah so my health thing was was just a weird freak thing that happened um, I ended up getting uh, blood poisoning and, and sepsis um, and basically my leg was deteriorating my kidneys were failing and I was in the hospital for eight days uh, Pump, pumping me full of three, four different kinds of antibiotics, and thankfully I beat it. So the doctors told me, I, you know, I was an hour, definitely an hour away from from death Oof. if I would not have come into the hospital. So uh, it was just a freak thing, and uh, I've always been, I've always had a problem, you know, like, you know, something's wrong. Go go to the damn hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm just stubborn, and uh, never again. I, I won't wait. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get like that, too. Like, I went actually yesterday to a doctor and having, like, a weird muffled hearing in my left ear for, like, two weeks. So I was like, eh, I really should go, go, get go look out. at this. Yeah, and I went, yeah. they're like, yeah, it's just earwax, but it's bad <laughs> enough that it's, like, you can't hear. Well, hell, you got to figure it out and you don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in addition to Three Years Hollow, you also do production work. And I was just wondering how your experience in production impacts the music that you make. I know that other artists slash producers that I've talked to have told me that it, it tends to make things, it tends to make them overthink everything. Interesting. I haven't had that thought yet. You know, the way that I get to work with a lot of these artists is, a, I don't know if this is a something that every other producer does or not, but this is just the way that it works for me. Uh, um, these bands come in and we get to write and create these songs together so I'm doing co-writes as well as producing them so I actually get to be with them from like the creation of the song so for me I feel like it's taught me a lot you know mm -hmm. it's taught me a lot about how other musicians and how other artists write music how they create um, it's taught me different ways to think about things um, so I kind of felt like for the last three years of producing other bands it was kind of like stupid as it sounds training for the olympics so to speak when it's time for us to do our yeah, thing yeah. you know i can take everything that i've learned for the last three years and the 10 years that we did it and now it's time to do our thing you know now time to, to see what we can put out ourselves so okay so you never had it you so you personally never feel like it's you know it's never done or there's you know uh, you know, not really. I've, I'm so busy all the time. There's so much going on that it's just keeps on coming, you know. So I, I try not to overthink things that I can't control and just 
take it day by day. All right, man, that's fair. Are there any artists that you've produced that you're especially proud of or anything coming soon that you're excited for the public to get to hear? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a band out of Illinois called Allborn. Um, it's a band that Morgan Rose from Seven Dust and I co-produced and co-wrote their debut record that's coming out. Morgan had a really great meeting with Sirius uh, Octane and with Music Choice. So 2020 looks like it's going to be a really good year for those guys. And that's just one in particular. Those guys put in a ton of work and, and have configured their lives to really, really do this. So I'm hoping to see you know what happens for them. Right, right. Okay, that's cool. I remember just randomly, it was so funny. I was on Facebook one day and I saw an article from, I think it was the PRP, and it had mentioned that you were working with Chino Marin, who oh, I yeah, know from yeah, this yeah. area, and I was like, how the fuck did this get picked yeah, up? Yeah, man, I, <laughs> that's funny, I forgot that he's from this area, I, I just produced another song for him, and I totally forgot, but we have two for him coming out right now that are super cool, Justin, the lead singer from Allborn, actually plays on both of Chino's songs that are coming out, okay. so uh, I, I met Chino originally from here. And then he reached out to us for some production stuff, so yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, as I followed him in a couple of the bands yeah, he's, that he's awesome. Been in. He's super talented, and his stuff's going to be really cool. That's cool, man. I noticed that you've also been involved with some interesting production events that involve the members of Seven Dust. Can you tell me a bit about how those came about? Yeah, yeah. That's actually, it's a new company that Morgan and I co-founded called Instamix Live, and... The whole point of it is we're going to bring in any musician, any artist that you can think of, any genre, any any type, and we want to give their fans a chance to experience how they create what they create. Yeah. So, um, not, you know, like a, a, a view into something they've created in the past, but actually getting to witness them create and record something right in front of their eyes. Mm-hmm. So, we... Seven Dust was, you know, Morgan was grateful enough to be the first kind of guinea pig, and he came in, and I did one with him, and it was awesome. You know, we had seven guys in this room that uh, came to this clinic and this recording studio, and me and Morgan are sitting there, and we're looking around the room, and we're like, okay, you know, we got eight hours. Let's let's create something, and we ended up writing this song in the room with all these guys, you know, all these fans of Seven Dust that brought their guitars and their bassist are their bases and um, we just you know riffed and created this song together and me seeing their reactions and like their experiences being able to be in the studio with Morgan was like okay I think we've I think we've got something so the other guys in Seven Dust were excited about it they came in to do one and the events just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger so uh, basically we're going to try to do this across the country uh, with different studios Bumblefoot is uh, the next artist we're going to bring in, and then we're going to try to get like drummer from Perfect from Perfect Circle, uh, Rich Ward, John Tempesta, a lot of those guys. Um, Morgan's going to hopefully you know reach out to them and get them on board. But that's something really excited we're we're looking forward to in 2020, while Morgan has some downtime before their new record comes right. out. So. And so then these songs that get created, like, will they be released, and how will, yeah, they be, yeah. how will so the public be able to, to hear them? The, spe- the, the people that come, you know, they get special treatment, um, they get to hear, you know, what they created and get a copy of it right, you know, then, and take it with them, but the goal is that eventually all these songs with these featured artists will come out either under Instamix or under the artists themselves and uh, we don't really know how it's going to go 
in the long run, but we, we just feel like we have something cool, and the fans really love it. So yeah, it seems cool. I, I, when when I first saw it, I was like, man, I would love to do that, except I don't play music. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah, one time we had a room of thirty people, and four of them played music, and they just watched Seven Dust write a song for eight hours, and they loved it. So. Yeah, I mean that seems like it'd be fun. I, I had I, I found myself I did find myself in a studio once when I was had to do one of these uh, one of these podcasts. Uh, I was like I was told I got I'm producing somebody. Meet me in this. So I got to hang out. And oh watch yeah, it. yeah. And that was a cool experience. Yeah, it is. We mentioned you know Seven Dust and members of Seven Dust a couple times. It kind of seems like you have a, a good relationship with those guys. Like how did that come together? Um, a few different ways. I mean, I do talk about those guys a lot because they've become some of my best friends and they've helped grow our career in, in many ways, at least in the ways that they could, given us shows. Uh, Morgan was the VP of, of the label that we were signed to that first signed us and released our first record and Clint produced our first record. So mm-hmm. they also happen to be like one of two favorite bands from, you know, all time favorite bands right, in my right, life. Right, so, right to go from that and then become friends with them and now get to work with them and then start a company with Morgan is crazy you know so it's just weird now you know Um, hopefully we'll keep growing that that relationship and I'm sure that there'll be some featured stuff on our record coming up soon cool man so in 2014 like I mentioned you guys Three Years Hollow played as part of the Uproar Festival that wound up being the last year of that festival and then subsequently the other U.S. touring festivals all died off mm-hmm. and now what we've got instead is the you know Sonic World's, Temple World's Loudest Month yeah, all, yeah, yeah. all of that and so I was just wondering how you feel about the shift from the touring festival to the more destination you know from an artist's perspective well I can say that I can what I see is that the last year of that tour you know attendance was still great but it definitely wasn't what it had been Mm -hmm. and I think like I've been I noticed this really weird thing the last years we were touring really seemed like this the bottom of the V on where hard rock and metal was at the time like there was declining radio support declining support for everything tour support and we just happened to get signed right at the bottom of that valley and then all of a sudden Metallica puts out a new record and Bring Me the Horizon puts out a new record and Breaking Benjamin puts out a new record and Godspeck puts out a new record and every big metal and rock band yeah, yeah. in the world puts out a new record and then all of a sudden rock and metal are the biggest things in the world right, again. Right, 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 right. And then, you know, you've got, like you said, Sonic Temple, these these festivals are bringing eighty to 90,000 people there in a weekend and rock's back on top again. So I think, I don't know, it was just a... You know, it just happened to be because of the time that yeah. it was. You know, they died off because it was the that bottom of that V, and then the the big bands came back and kind of saved the day. Yeah, yeah. I personally, I I have never been able to go to one of those like the Destiny. I, I always, I always, as a fan, always preferred the touring festivals because it was like, well, if something doesn't, you know, especially right. here in Jersey, like, all right, if the PNC show doesn't fit in my schedule, I can you still can go to go Camden or else, I can go yeah. to you know, another state or something. Now you got to commit to like a two, three day weekend. Right, right. Yeah. And you know, I know you got kids. I got kids. I, I can't fucking go. Like for Sonic yeah. Temple, I can't go to fucking <laughs> Ohio. You know? <laughs> no, I still have not yet been to one of those uh, festivals yet. Like there was one here in Jersey that they didn't do. Uh, the, uh, it was the Rock Allegiance. And then like this year they were like, yeah, 
we're taking a year off. And then it already looks like it's probably not happening next year either. Gotcha. Because that was that was another one that was, you know, the DW one of the DWP festivals. And when they announced that next year Metallica, they're like, Metallica's playing all of them. And I was like, I, I see Rock Allegiance isn't on that list. So if this is all of them, I guess that means there's no more Rock Allegiance. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, there was that whole shake-up, you know, last year with the whole uh, changing of the festival names and yeah, everything yeah. like that. So I'm interested to see what happens in the aftermath of all that. Yeah. So t- tying into this question in a more general sense, how do you feel about the, the current state of the music industry where... Like, fans don't really want to buy music anymore, streaming or, or, or illegal downloading. And also, like, stores aren't selling CDs. iTunes is going to stop selling downloads. Like, it's all pushing towards this streaming thing. Like, and, you know, and everybody seems to think, well, we don't have to buy the music because bands, they make all their money. It shows anyway. Like, how do you feel about that? Um, you know, I feel like it's just a confusing time for guys like me that aren't really directly plugged into like the publicists or the the major rate record labels yeah. or the radio guys I'm I'm kind of like third party here just producing and creating the content and then you working with managers and agents to, to work with them but at least my perception is it's just a super fast paced changing scene right now yeah and I'm not sure really where it's going to end up the the fact that you don't make money from music anymore is is tough you yeah. know uh, you can definitely go out and, and do well selling CDs and merch and everything on the road, but you have to be able to afford to get out on the road. Yeah, yeah. And that's really expensive to get out on the road. you got to probably have a radio single to support for to even have a reason to be out there or have a you know a strong enough fan base that you know they're going to come out to the shows. Yeah, yeah. So at least for bands in our particular size, yeah. it's just... Uh, hyper-changing landscape and we're just trying to figure you know that's why I think I've stopped thinking about it Mm. and I just want to write a record and just make the best music possible and put it in the hands of uh, the professionals and see what happens you know so I've noticed that I mean I can't say from my perception I don't want to say you know perception is not necessarily reality I'm here but it, it really seems like bands in in sort of the level that you're talking about I, I've noticed at least seem to do better in the Midwest than they do here in the East Coast or I don't know about the West Coast I've never been there never been in the mid, the, the you know the Midwest either but I know for example like Boba Flex they, they just uh, they just wrapped up and now those guys are starting a new band but I know that those guys are like fucking huge in like Ohio mm-hmm. West Virginia and then here in Jersey they always kind of struggle to draw yeah well I mean I'm thinking about and it's not unless they're not they're obviously not mid-level bands at all but like Slipknot, Mudvayne, Chevelle, Disturbed, those bands are all from the Midwest, yeah, you know, yeah. like literally all from a 200, 300 mile radius. Yeah, yeah. So I think that says a lot about just the Midwest loves hard rock and heavy metal yeah, yeah. and they support bands coming through and uh, it's just always going to be a home there for yeah, sure yeah. For, for music like that. It's weird to me that like New York City doesn't even really have like an active rock radio right. station anymore. Like, right, right. The closest yeah. thing you have to that is Octane. We, <laughs> in our area, we actually have not had an active rock station for maybe five years, but it just came back. Okay. A brand new rock station just came back. So maybe that's a sign of where things are right now. You know, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully. So you guys have been a band, 
I guess for 16 years, not there because you started in 03. You know, I had seen the 03 thing on uh, Wikipedia, and I was like, eh, Wikipedia's burned me in the past. I'm going to go with what <laughs> their Facebook says. But in any event, you guys have been a band for a long time. And I'm sure that you've had a lot of interactions with fans on the road. I mean, when I walked in, you remembered having met me before. I was just wondering what was maybe one of the coolest things that stuck out, sticks out in your mind, you know, that, that interaction with a fan. I think what always blows my mind is when people travel ridiculous amounts of distance to come see our shows. Like, we were playing a show, I think, in uh, Illinois, and somebody had traveled from... I'm going to get this wrong, but it's like Alabama or New Orleans or something. Wow. And there was one even even further, maybe Arizona to come to. It was. See, so like somebody came from Arizona all the way to Illinois just to see a show. And that is mind-blowing to me. So it's not about, I think those interactions where they're telling me how much our music meant to them, that they were willing to go that length to see this tiny little band in Illinois. I'll never forget those moments, man. All right. You know, your last album uh, was The Cracks. It was released in 2014, and you had mentioned that, you know, the the original plan after the last tour in 2014, everything was to was to write another record. So, you know, is there new music? And if so, when can fans expect to hear it? Mm-hmm. Have it released? All that. Yeah, I mean, we've got probably four or five complete complete songs. We've probably got 20 demos. So we've, I mean, we've written for the last three years constantly, yeah. whether it's me demoing or, or me and Alex demoing or the band coming in and just saying, hey, let's see what comes out. But we've never really said, okay, we're going to buckle down and finish this stuff. So uh, we, we have one single ready to go. I think that will probably be the first one that everybody hears. But we're hoping to have an album out by March. Like okay. that, is, that is the goal. That's the goal. You guys going to be playing anything new here tonight or not yet? Uh, yeah, we'll be playing a new song tonight. Nice, yep. nice, nice. So the only thing I got left is you guys are currently on this tour with Madam Mayhem and Elysium. What's next after the tour is done? The album. We're gonna go. This was like a little tour to get our feet wet and come out and say hello to everybody and tell everybody we're we're here and you know we're we're gonna write a new record. So after this, we'll go home and we'll spend the next three months doing that. All right. Well, I, I want to thank you for your time. And thank you for being on the you. show. Sorry that uh, you know thank I you. had to get woken up. Hey, no worries. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. All right, man. Thanks a lot.
and from the album The Cracks, that was Three Years Hollow with For Life. I want to thank Jose for being on the show, and I want to apologize again for interrupting his nap on the band's van, although he didn't seem to mind too much. You can follow Three Years Hollow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Three Years Hollow, and you can also follow Jose on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hollowvox. H-O-L-L-O-W-V-O-X. You can also follow J. Bunny's Music Hub on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon at J. Bunny's Music Hub. And also don't forget, if you believe in supporting music like I do by buying it, then you can also follow Industry Embers on Facebook and Twitter and post or tweet any of your music purchases with the hashtag BuyMusic, B-U-Y, or it's BuyMusic, B-Y-E. As for what's next for the podcast, I'm not really sure. I don't have any interviews booked for the next couple months as it stands right now. As such, I'll probably be looking to do some roundtable episodes on Skype with friends and fans of the show. The list of possible topics can be found on the J Bunny's Music Hub Facebook group, uh, so check it out and let me know if there's anything that interests you, or if you have any ideas that might not be on the list, definitely let me know, comment on that post, send me a message, whatever. I'm going to leave you guys today with another song from Three Years Hollow's album The Cracks, and it's one of my favorites. This is Chemical Ride. Until next time, guys. (laughs) 